Welcome to Wellversed, where we bring biblical principles of governance to governmental leaders and you. This is the Wellversed podcast. We have a second briefing this every tonight. Everyone, we have a second briefing, and joining us right now is Rocky Malloy from Texas. He is establishing chaplains for public schools across the state of Texas. And get this, it is funded by the state of Texas. So Rocky, we're so thankful that you are with us this evening. Rocky, are you there? I am here. There he is. Okay, Rocky, you're the man, Jim Garlow tells me. We're so grateful. This is across Texas. You've been busy working to establish chaplains for public schools across the state of Texas, and it's being funded through the state. So would you give the World Prayer Network audience just a quick uh, briefing on what's going on, how did this happen, and is this possible anywhere outside of Texas? So Rocky, take it away. Thank you very much. Uh, We have approximately 26,000 schools with chaplains that we've certified in Latin America. And the Texas State Board of Education took a hard look at that information and wondered if it could possibly happen in Texas. So they gave it to the legislative councils and they came back and said, well, it looks like it's not illegal. I know it wasn't very positive. That's how it started. So from there, a bill was created and a series of miracles. Actually, three times history was made in Texas for this bill to be passed. And um, now the state of Texas will allow and pay for school chaplains. And uh, Ohio filed the bill on July the 11th and 17 other states are at different levels. And it looks like it's actually turning into a national movement. That's a tremendous blessing. Tremendous. How did you get involved in this, Rocky? Well, many years ago, I met my wife in the Sandinista Civil War. And, um, you know, I was working with the Contras. She was a nurse working with the midwives. The communists had killed everybody with education, including pastors, which didn't necessarily have a formal education, but they were leaders. And there were a lot of children around, but I really didn't pay much attention. And um, the communists used incendiary artillery on children and women. And this particular day, there was a large number of casualties from an artillery barrage that night. And my job, I I used to be a, a merchant marine officer, a commander. I had some medical training. So my job was to um, perform some triage. The people that were most critically injured were closest to the mash. It was the classic tent, just like you saw on a TV show, big green tent with the medical uh, facilities and surgeries happening inside. So once they finished with the soldiers, they started working on the civilians. And a little boy came up to me and uh, he had been severely burned previously, but it all healed. And he asked me for a can of milk. So it was a lot going on that day. So I asked a soldier to go into the tent. He came out with a little can of condensed milk. And um, I didn't think anything else about it. But the little boy came back about every two weeks. And over a course of several months, I was able to kind of dislodge. He didn't talk too much. Very traumatized. Is that his mother had been killed that night where the artillery fell. And he grabbed up his infant baby sister 
as they ran out of the village clearing into the jungle. And uh, these were very primitive villages, no electricity, no water, no anything. And his baby sister was afraid to come back into a clearing because that's where the fire fell. Well, I was, as the war was receding, I needed to move. I needed to stay in a combat zone. So I needed to move further uh, inward. And um, the soldiers I'd been working with fell into rank as they were saying goodbye to me. I sit in the back of a small plane and this little boy, he's about 12 years old, steps out of the clearing with his baby sister. And she was, she was waving goodbye to me, you know, and she had this little dirty white dress on. And it was just so, I started thinking, what if I wasn't there to give this little boy milk? So when I got into the new location, I asked for the first time, I actually talked to the children and none of the children knew they were in war. They didn't even know what war was. They just thought God was killing everybody with fire. And pretty much lined up with your first callers or the first people to give testimony is that there was horrible things happening to these little kids whose parents had been killed. They were harvesting their organs. They were selling them into sex. So when I saw this happening, that's when my wife and I, she was a Dutch nurse. We got, we got married in the war. We dedicated our life to help protect children. So a child in school was less likely to fall victim. So we started in Bolivia, and now there's approximately 23 million people being ministered to by school chaplains, and now that's in Texas and other states are adopting it. So chaplains are very important in identifying sex trafficking in schools. So the, the chaplains, is this a new thing? Was this a state law? Was this just something that school districts just allowed to let chaplains come into the schools? Because as I understand it, this is funded by the state of Texas. Yes, it started off as Senate Bill 763. It was signed by Governor Abbott on June the 18th and became the Texas School Chaplain Act. And it requires every school district in the state of Texas to vote up or down. If they vote up in favor of chaplains, they can employ a chaplain and the state's paying for the chaplain, or they can authorize for chaplains to have full access to their campus as a volunteer. So, uh, so for instance, at least in the state of Texas, if not other states, uh, a church or an organization could try and contact a school and see if they could offer the services of a pastor to be able to be meet with students, correct? Just to talk to students and minister to students on campus? That is correct. We do tr provide training and certification for school chaplains, but... Uh, no school is required to hire our chaplains. Well, it sounds almost unbelievable. The war on public schools and kicking God out of school started in the early 1960s. And this is tremendous to hear that this legislation passed in Texas. And if a district so chooses, they can opt to have chaplains on campus. And with all the problems there are, this is when, when we have an individual using the wisdom of God 
to bring about solutions. Those are the best solutions and love and care that you could have. Rocky, how can people in the World Prayer Network audience get more information about what you're doing? Or is there contact information that we can have to learn more about this? Because other states may want to start doing what's happening in Texas. Thank you. There's um, our website is nationalschoolchaplainassociation.org. I know it's kind of long. Nationalschoolchaplainassociation.org. That website has all the information. And our biggest need is chaplains. School districts are voting to have chaplains, but there's no certified chaplains available. So that's what we do. And um, our certification is uh, recognized by the Department of Defense and the, the U.S. Uh, Department of Education is very thorough. And it's a huge need because people really, they have a misunderstanding of what chaplains are. They're ministers who are trained to work in a secular environment, whereas pastors and others are trained to work in spiritual environments. That's why chaplains are absolutely legal. In the beginning, there was some noise about being illegal, but the Texas Solicitor General put out a very strong letter saying that if they chose to sue, they would have to sue the Department of Defense, Veteran Affairs, and everybody else, every other public <laughs> institution that offers chaplains, because school chaplains would be no exception. So it's legally standing, it's solid. And chaplains can pray in the name of Jesus. They can counsel with students. I mean, as you mentioned, we're back on the offense after 61 years of, of playing defense. Well, praise God. This is good news, Rocky Malloy of Texas. We are very excited to hear this. And again, I want everyone to be able to get this website down. It's National School Association of Chaplains. You say it so I don't get it wrong. I know it's a bit long. Thank you. National School Chaplain Association.org. National School Chaplain Association.org. Yes, ma'am. Very good. Well, we're proud of you and I appreciate everything that you're doing. Father, I pray an anointing now on Rocky Malloy. I thank you, oh God, for this vision and this ministry where there are certified chaplains who have the ability to be able to go and minister to people in public school settings. Father, would you give us wisdom to know how to take this idea and extrapolate this into our own backyards? Well, blessings on you, Rocky. We thank you for what you're doing. We appreciate you. And World Prayer Network will post this in the chat, the, uh, the way that they can get a hold of Rocky and this great organization. Thank you so much, Rocky. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. Our third and final presenter this evening is Joe Goodson. He's also from Texas. And Joe will be speaking to us about teachers and the ability for teachers to be able to speak up too. So, Joe, could you share with us all the great information you have this evening with the World Prayer Network? Yes, thank you so much. And uh, just thank you for all that you guys are doing. I am. Um, just honored and so thankful to be a part tonight and to hear from these various ones, just uh, just God's heart. And thank you, Congresswoman Bachman, for all that you've been doing on the front lines. And um, so, so Dr. Garlow reached out to me um, 
because unlike probably a lot of high profile pastors at the time, he uh, actually responded to an email that I wrote to him years ago, just um, just thanking him. I don't know for for all the stands that he was taking. Um, and then somewhere along the way, he got a hold of an article that I just wrote um, that was published by Texas Scorecard called uh, An English Teacher's Rebuttal to the NCTE's Latest Agenda for Schools. And that was just recently published. And um, so I've been, I'm in my 13th year as a teacher here in Texas. Uh, I teach English, high school English. Uh, of course, I don't represent my school or my district, but, um, but I'm also the president of Concerned Christian Citizens. And as a private citizen, um, thankfully, everybody has an opportunity to still stand up and speak up, and we must use that opportunity. And so when I read on Fox News uh, back in June, um, an article that they published um, that the National Council of Teachers of English, which is a national organization that's been around for decades, it doesn't hold any authority over any of the schools, but they certainly are a leader in, in establishing curriculum or suggesting ideas to, to schools across the nation. Well, the, the news article in Fox News uh, said that they have come out with a memo in May um, saying that they have a plan for all K through 12 um, English um, classes to lay aside literacy standards and instead teach, and I'll quote it here, teach, um, quote, race, anti-racism, anti-blackness, and LGBTQIA+. And so when I saw that, I just sensed the call of God to write and to, uh, to say no. This is um, absurd. It's totally corrupt and destructive. So, so as a private citizen, I did. And um, that's, that's uh, something that, that every school teacher, every school staff member, along with these parents who are showing up at school board meetings, who need to continue to show up at school board meetings. We need pastors there. We need business leaders. We need government leaders. We need everybody must use this, this window of opportunity that we still have in America as a free country to stand up and speak the truth in love. There, there's nobody else that's going to do it except the salt of the earth and the light of the world, and that is us. Amen. Well, we are grateful to hear what you're doing. It seems as though we can't hardly be shocked anymore by the things that are coming out. I can only imagine, what was, what was your sense when you read that? This, this new direction of what English teachers are doing. It seems like it's, it's their desire. It isn't what the parents desire. And it also strikes me that what they're planning to teach bears no resemblance to what the state standards of the Board of Education are. Could you comment on that for us? Yes, I, I had the exact same reaction. Um, first of all, first of all, and this is important to note, Christian teachers, and there are many of us, have for decades complied with this threat that if we push our religion or our morals on the kids, that we will lose our jobs, that we cannot proselytize. Well, you can't tell Christians to do that or anybody else to do that. And then all of a sudden roll out the red carpet for another ideology that is simply them pushing their belief system. So if, if you're going to, um, if you're going to, 
suggest to Christians that we've got to roll over and just accept somebody else's ideology um, in the public taxpayer-funded schools, well, that's complete hypocrisy. And again, I guess my, uh, my, re my response to, to reading about it in Fox News was sooner or later, the left is going to get their hand so deep in the cookie jar that if we will simply step back and, and isolate that moment that they have created, everybody can see how absolutely absurd and defying of common sense and values that what they've done is. So this mm -hmm. was the type of suggestion uh, from the NCTE that was, that was presenting a moment of saying, hey guys, this is, this is so far radical that this is an opportunity for us to just say, okay, you know, let's really look at this. So that's what I tried to do and just say, you know, you guys got to realize that we, you know, they made some accusations in their memo that, uh, that said that, you know, American education was, um, you just white centered and, and absent of black and brown voices. And again, I just, in my article, I just, simply said, racism in all forms is evil. But uh, our school systems were not established to push any type of racism. They were established for two reasons. One, academic standards, core academic disciplines, and reading and writing and, and arithmetic are reading, writing, and arithmetic, whether you're black, white, or red, or brown, first of all. Second of all, the goal is to, to inculcate character. That is the goal of American education. It always was. And I tried to go back and, and document some of that, going back to Noah Webster and, and others, that uh, that is still a noble goal. And we must strive for that. So Joe Goodson of Texas, you saw this memo coming out and it was pushing teaching the LGBTQ agenda, which is analogous in some sense to a religion. It's a, it's a value system of religion, but also the whole idea of the critical race theory, or in some cases for small, younger children, it's social emotional learning, mm -hmm. but it's the whole idea that racism is the, racism is the center point of all study. So racism is the number one thing that has to be talked about. And it is the division between, depending upon the amount of melanin in your skin, you're either construed as automatically guilty as an oppressor or automatically a victim. It's absolutely incompatible with what the Bible says. It's incompatible with common sense thinking. So, so what you're saying is that you as a teacher just on your own are pushing back against this or this is an organization in Texas that is pushing back saying that you know, all perspectives need to be heard, not just this uh, critical race theory perspective or this racist perspective, because they're pushing racism. That's the thing. We had the Civil Rights Act of 1964 that outlawed racism within institutions in the United States and gave equal access to people of all types of skin color. And now the school children are being taught racism absolute out and out overt racism, that children are supposed to be racist based upon the color 
of someone's skin. So, okay. So let me, before I forget, if, if, if anybody listening is not familiar with the, um, the 45 goals of communism as read into the congressional record by a Democrat in 1963, all they got to do is say, type in a Google search, 45 goals of communism. It was read into the congressional record. It's from a book called the naked communist. And if you look at the 45 goals uh, of communism back in 1963, they are being implemented successfully mm -hmm. by communism in America today. And, mm -hmm. and a lot of it is happening through our schools, through the public libraries. And what we've got to do, first and foremost, is we've got to realize that we are taxpayer citizens as well. And mm -hmm. we, have, we have every opportunity. That's the thing. It's not just a right. It's an opportunity from God to go into that marketplace of ideas where we are so often absent, yet we are the salt of the earth and get out of the salt shaker and say, enough is enough. This is not um, what is in, in the best interest of our children. Everybody knows it. And so when I, when I spoke up as a teacher and the second part of your question, I simply thought, if, if one person speaks up, maybe others will join us. Yes, we have an organization and we are you know, forming local chapters wherever we can. And, and needs... again, what's the name of the organization, Joe Goodson of Texas? What's the name of the organization? It is called Concerned Christian Citizens. And we've been around since uh, right before Obergefell. And, and, uh, okay, so, so concerned, concerned Christian Citizens, what is the uh, web address if people want more information? Yes, ma'am. It is www.concernedchristiancitizens.org. Concernedchristiancitizens.org. And on that website, do you talk to parents and grandparents about what they could do in their community to fight back? Because this is pervasive. It's all over the United States as of this year. Virtually no one voted this in, this system. It's just being pushed in every state in the curriculum. And teachers are told to do this. So so is this every state people could come to concerned, again, say the name again, concerned Christian citizens, citizens, concerned Christian citizens.org. Mm -hmm. So anyone can go to your website and then will that advice work for all states or is this just applicable to Texas? So we have some resources up that would be applicable anywhere uh, where parents or, or educators administrators, business people, you know, pastors, whoever wants to can take it to their local organizations. One of the things that happened to me in a former district where I, where I was teaching was some teachers put up a bulletin board for Women's History Month. This happened about two or three years ago um, in the hallway, and all the students had to pass by and see men dressed as women and read a on a Women's History Month bulletin board. And, and the transgender flag was a part of it. And then it was, it was said underneath in the caption, this is for minors, no parental consent. Apparently that it was okay with the school because it was up there until I started talking about it. And the, it, the caption read that these, one of these women, they were men, threw the first rock, brick, or bottle at the police to start the Stonewall riots in 1969 and start the homosexual revolution. Well, when you when you read the verbiage of, of district policy for, uh, for things that are, that are no-nos for students and teachers, um, as far as their clothing and as far as, you know, how they, they address 
you know, things, policy and stuff. One of the things that they say is you cannot create a hostile environment. So I'm going to just say a hostile environment was created for all the Christians or Jews or Muslims or anybody who doesn't believe that right there in the school. And it was propagated by adults, teachers. So here's, here's why I'm saying that. We put out on the, you know, in our district there, but also it's on the website for anybody to use, a, a suggestion for a policy of neutrality. That if you're mm-hmm. going to take sides on a contentious moral issue, that you must allow equal represent. They, they love equity and diversity and tolerance, okay? Until it comes to uh, ideologies that they disagree with. And they being, you know, the left, the communists, people who just don't know the Lord and are pushing these things on our children. So, yes, it would it would be applicable anywhere if anybody wanted to say, you know, look, you guys are pushing this one side of this moral issue. Well, it disagrees with the values of at least this family and maybe others. And we want to say, let's make a a neutrality policy so that we can have equal time and equal representation. And of course, I never got the uh, ability to put up a bulletin board, but the but the, the point was made, and I think the children were protected because some people took a stand, not just myself. And that's what we want for concerned Christian citizens. Every location needs boots on the ground of its own citizens saying, what's going on in our school? What's going on in our library? What's going on? You know, what, what is the outside stuff tr- coming in doing in our community? And we're going we're gonna to organize and we're going to pray. We're going we're gonna, to, in the name of Jesus, we're going to come and bring the truth and love to those issues. Well, Joe Goodson of Texas, I'm so grateful that you weren't a bystander letting things happen without trying to have a positive reaction to all of this. One more time, would you give the website for the benefit of those on the World Prayer Network? Thank you so much. It's uh, concernedchristiancitizens.org. And on there, you can contact us at concernedchristiancitizens at gmail.com. And we have a Facebook page. And yeah, thank you. Thank you. Concernedchristiancitizens.org. Thank you so much. We appreciate it. And this is happening all over the United States. If it's happening in Texas, you know that it's happening in your backyard. And this, we can't sacrifice our children to this. That's where we have to stand up. And that's why we have World Prayer Network so that we can come together. We're not here to be political. We're here to be biblical. And we're trying to, to apply our biblical values to what is happening on the world. It's a, it's a very strong obligation that parents have. We have a duty before the Lord in rearing our children. We really need to think twice about where our children are going to school, what our children are learning, and we cannot sit back and think that those who are in authority have our children's best interests at heart. So I am so grateful for you and for what you're doing. Thank you, Joe. Thank you so much for joining us tonight on the World Prayer Network. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please read the show notes for additional details if you would like a copy of the book or resources mentioned. Remember that WellVersed is a 501c3 tax-deductible nonprofit organization. We rely on your support and partnership. Don't forget to hit subscribe to keep up to date with our latest episodes. Leave us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe too. Thank you for listening to the WellVersed podcast. For more information, please go to www.wellversedworld.org.